Welcome to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. We're always grateful when you join us and we hope that you will love this conversation today. Precious Martin, uh, to whom, with whom we've had this conversation, is someone who's led a very interesting life. And we just were so grateful that we had this conversation. And you may notice uh, in the second half of the conversation how when we ask her, when Tom asks her a question about something that's very near and dear to her heart, how she responds and how she just went into another gear of, of animation and voice and, and just expression of, of this thing that is so important to her. And it was really, it's always something we love to see yeah. when someone talks about something that they do or experience that they love so much and so passionately. So, um, well, we can't wait for you to listen to this, um, this episode. And I'll just add, just thank you for supporting our podcast series at someone2tellto.org because this is just such a gift to Michael and I, and we hope it's a gift for you just to learn more about people. I mean, we're all such unique individuals, and we all have a story to tell that needs to be heard. And today, Precious tells us a bit of her story. So let's just tell you a little bit about who Precious is. Precious Martin is a native of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where Someone to Tell To is headquartered. She is very community-minded and is experienced in mobilizing volunteers and diverse stakeholders for collective action and response to the needs and disparities in the community. She describes herself as a motivated leader in developing innovative strategies to elevate teams and organizations. I empower people to truly be their genuine self, she writes. Since 2016, she has been working and training in the communication field. She is a graduate of California University of Pennsylvania, a Division II school where she was an NCAA student athlete and later an International Basketball Federation EuroLeague women's professional basketball player. She says she is born competitor. Precious is also an advocate for Experience Camps, a national non-cost program for children who are grieving and have experienced the death of a parent, sibling, or primary caregiver. We'll talk about that advocacy as part of our conversation today. So thanks for joining us. We use Buzzsprout to create this podcast, and as a small nonprofit team, we really appreciate how easy they make it to get our guests' stories out into the world. With Buzzsprout, you get a beautiful podcast website, audio players to embed into other sites, detailed analytics, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Use the link in the show notes to get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan and to support our show. As the co-founders of Someone to Tell To, we often find ourselves traveling around between meetings and listening sessions, and we often don't really have time for the little things like grocery shopping. I'm sure many of you have had that experience when at the end of a long workday, you'd rather do anything else than shop for groceries. That's why we're happy to give our listeners the chance to get free delivery on your first Instacart order over $35. You'll get the products you love from your local stores in as fast as one hour. There's nothing quite like sitting down at the end of the day to be present for your family over a home-cooked meal. And takeout just doesn't feel the same. 
So if you find yourself needing groceries and considering getting takeout instead, get hand-selected products delivered straight to your door. Get free shipping on orders over $35 by using the link in the show notes. Precious. It's great to have you on the Someone to Tell You podcast today. We're really glad you can join us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm like a fan of this podcast. so And I'm a fan of you guys. And Someone to Tell It To is like some of my favorite members. You guys are the best group. So I feel like really honored to be here today with you guys. We could probably just end it right now. <laughs> put that out there and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to say... Um, not to embarrass Precious, but she's never done a podcast before. And so she expressed to us that she's a little nervous about this and a little a little anxious. And so we know that she's going to do great yeah. because that, we asked her because we knew she would do great. And she has a really compelling story to tell. And we're anxious to hear it. So we're going to start where we like to start with so many of our guests. We're just going to ask you, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm precious. Uh, both my parents passed away, so I was adopted. Um, I was in the foster care system. Me and my twin sister were both adopted to the same family. There was five of us. Um, I played pro basketball. I'm the community manager at Pursuit, where you guys are members. Um, I volunteer at a camp called Experience Camp for Grieving Children. And I'm a member of HYP. Which is? Harrisburg Young Professionals. So I play uh, rec leagues. Davis plays rec leagues as well. Um, and I just actually joined like the class of 23. It's a merging philanthropist program. So it's like EPP. So I'm really like, trying to learn more about the community and like how you can best serve a community and understand and like evolve in that area, so. So can we ask some follow-up questions yeah. about all of that? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, just go back to, I think your very first statement about losing your parents and how old were you when that happened and, and just could you walk us through what that was like as a child? Yeah, I was young, so I was seven. So as you can imagine, I don't have that much memories, but it definitely was like rough. My parents died when I was seven, so there was a lot of things that came with that. But I was adopted by like a very loving family. Me and my twin sister were adopted, and it seems normal because it's my story. So I do understand like it is different for a lot of people. There's like, oh, that's a crazy story. Like that's an amazing story to have. Um, it's all I know, so I wouldn't say like I'm brave or strong or anything like that, but I definitely can see how um, our family navigated a journey that not most might have to endure. But it was, it was like my story, so yeah, it's normal to me. <laughs> your other siblings, were they adopted along with, other than your twin? Did all five of you go to the same, go with the same family, or were you... No, so we, um, when I was adopted, like me and my sister were adopted, but we are seven. So we're the youngest by nine of all of us. So in Pennsylvania, there's like, you kind of have a choice when you're 15, if you want to be adopted or not. So my older brothers and sisters 
like we all were fostered together for a while with this family, but they in the end ended up not wanting to be adopted. So they made it, they were old enough to make the choice not to be adopted. They were still like in our family's lives and stuff. Like they call my mom, mom. And like we would do sometimes holidays together, but they just never, I don't think they ever wanted to like call somebody else mom. Cause they were old enough to like, you know what I mean? Feel like they didn't, need that necessarily but she, my mom was like their mom so technically they are not adopted by her but we we're all kind of like there but. and we know this is a tough day for you because your philadelphia eagles <laughs> lost in the super bowl yesterday yeah sorry about that still go versus it's okay it's all good <laughs> i'm a philly fan so you know i have tough skin but well, let's talk about sports for a minute because I know that's a huge part. We both know that's a huge part of your journey and your story. Mm -hmm. uh, you've played basketball and even in other countries. Could mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about your basketball journey? Yes. Um, I grew up playing basketball. It was like, I love basketball. Any day you wake up is a good day. But like for me, it was like any day you woke up and got to play basketball, mm -hmm. best day. So. I think like sixth grade, me and my sister kind of expressed to our mom that we wanted to be professional athletes. And she was just like, all right, we're going to go all in. So starting like sixth grade, we played basketball year round, like AU, summer camps, all that. So that was really the goal was to play in college and then like play pro. So I'm just like thankful for that experience and the opportunity and all the support from my community and my like coaches, my mom, my sister. She actually, when we got to college, she, after her freshman year, she was like, I'm doing something else. So it was just me, but it was something that like really brought our family together. Like I said, we had like, it was kind of rough. It was a rocky path. So basketball really held us together as a family during like the hard times we had that community. Anyone who plays sports would probably tell you like, you don't just, the team doesn't just like become a team, but like it's the parents and the coaches and you kind of form like this family, everyone's supportive. Like, so it was good for our family to have that. And we were like in the car majority of the times with our mom, like playing music, talking, like riding to camps, riding to practices, AU tournaments. So it really, basketball, when I look back was like some of my greatest memories were centered or loosely like connected to basketball. And it was, a big majority of our lives for like most of our lives, I guess you would say. So, what first first got you interested in basketball? Uh, got you playing? Uh, was there someone who inspired you, influenced you in that way? How did you discover that basketball was your thing? Um, honestly, I can't really remember. We always played. Like my brothers. He, they, he played basketball, so like he's six seven, so he's huge, and wow. yeah, he played basketball. I remember him always being outside, like playing outside or whatever. So, I think I just always saw it, like when I was like a kid, and so it was just a natural progression, I guess. And we played on a summer league team just for fun, and me and my sister were like the worst players on the team, and I was probably the worst. Like I would walk with the ball and just like run. I didn't understand, like, but. I loved it, and my mom used to literally say, like, don't pass her the ball, don't pass her the ball, because every time I got the ball, I would just, like, run with it. I didn't know, like, dribbling or anything. Mm -hmm. And so 
after that, we were just like constantly playing and just stuck with it. And you were obviously very talented because you ended up going on and playing Division Two mm -hmm. basketball, and then you eventually played in Europe, which yeah. we'd like to learn a little bit more about what that was like. Oh uh, yeah, I played. We played like for like CYO leagues, and then we went um, to ba uh, college to play basketball, and then after college, just a little bit of a little bit of luck, I guess, um, had an opportunity to go overseas, so I tried and went over to Italy to play in like the summer league team and then ended up getting a contract from there to play in Germany. So it it was really cool. It was definitely a cool opportunity, I'd say. It was different. It was my first time like out of the country. So I got a passport literally to play in the summer league to like go. So that was my first time ever leaving America ever like leaving my bubble, my world kind of thing. So I learned a lot about like culture. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about communication, cross like cult cross cultural communication, um, teamwork. It's it's very different. I think when I was young I had the idea of like what playing pro would be and it's pretty much opposite. Like in college, it's very team. You defer to your team, we're a team. We all wear the same clothes. We all wear the same socks down to like, we eat the same food. We have, you know what I mean? Everyone's together. You travel as a team. We all live together. We're together like 24 seven. And it's it was really fun and safe for me in that sense that like your family and your team was like, you had a community. So overseas, though, it's very opposite. It's like you're the American, you're the pro. So in Europe, like the FIBA Euro leagues, they have like limits on how many Americans can be on the court and how many Americans can be on a team. So we're in my situation, I was the only American on the team. And so I was like the only pro, I guess you would say. And um, it's just a different level of leadership because you're looked at to be like you know what I mean you're the only one being paid you kind of have to have a different uh role and it was a learning experience for me of course because it's like shifting how I see things you know what I mean if you're a leader in the sense of we're all leaders we're all the same and then you get to a place where it's like no you're different the expectation of you is different you're gonna be seen like, I was definitely easy to spot out in my uh, little German <laughs> town where people are, like, this tall, very, like, German, and I'm very... It was obvious, like, where I was that I was the <laughs> difference, you know? You're, you're not German. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> German. I'm not, like... It's, it was interesting, but it was just, like... it's Germany is still very westernized, but... Even in like the fact that they speak like they speak English, but I mean they speak German too. But like, there's little things in culture that you just don't notice because when you're an American, you're only around Americans. It's like us kind of being like, oh, like this is normal, kind of I guess you'd say. But like over there, little differences like how people talk to each other, 
you don't think of it as like making an impact. But when you're in a team and you're like the leader and you have to learn how to communicate and bring out the best of people, it's it was definitely a learning experience for me. But for our listeners who aren't able to see you, how tall are you? Six foot. So yeah. you would stand out. Yeah. Uh, maybe what was it like? Um, you know, you've talked about being kind of an outsider coming in. Was there a moment where you you felt comfortable to just be who you are? Yeah, um, I think as I learned that that was okay, and that was expected, it it shifted because, like in college, you kind of were told how to act and how you know what I mean, learning and growing. And then when you got overseas, it was sort of like, or at least for me, it was more like. So who who are you? You know what I mean? Like, who is this American who just came? And I got to be like, well, I guess who who am I? How am I going to be a leader? How how do I want to be here? As opposed to like being told it, which was cool. And once people were like, I guess, interested in learning more about me, it shifted how I um, interacted with the people. And that actually became my, um, I guess a little bit of magic, I guess you would say, is like, I think of it as like a gladiator in the, like, the movie The Gladiators when they're like appealing to the crowd. That actually makes people feel more connected to you in the sense of like, they know who you are, they know you're going to be, like, funny or, you know what I mean? Like, they get to be involved. So when I first went overseas in college, like, you weren't really supposed to be flamboyant. Like, you weren't supposed to, like, if you got fouled, you're just going to be like, okay, whatever. Like, they didn't really want you to express emotion in college. And when you got overseas, it's like, when you win, everybody loves you. When you're losing... It switch. It can switch very quickly because it's like they're paying to watch and they're paying to like be entertained. So they want to see who you are. They want to be more involved. I guess you could say. So they want. They expect me to give more of me. And I think that was cool to have that opportunity to like enjoy those highs, enjoy the excitement, but also stay true to myself in the sense that I, I'm still like uh, just me at the end of the day, I guess you'd say. This kind of phrase that we've adopted here at Someone to Tell To, and it's just, it's a kind of a core value of ours is just, we love the phrase, just be you. Yeah. You know, just, we all just want to be ourselves and we need to be ourselves and how often in life we can be put in situations where we're made to feel different and to feel uncomfortable um, being ourselves. Uh, and I, I guess maybe a follow-up question to, to that is just how have some of those experiences helped to shape you and being comfortable who you, with who you are? Because I know even uh, for those who are listening, before you walked in here, you were saying, oh, I'm not going to be as good as Brianna who was last episode. <laughs> and we're just trying to reinforce, like, you just need to be you. Yeah. Uh, even in this program, in this episode today, you're just being you. And that's, mm. that's a gift to all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Did it feel lonely being in that position of having to be this leader that you didn't expect you would have to be? Mm-hmm. 
and having these expectations placed upon you, again, that you weren't necessarily, you didn't think you were, you were ever have, have to do or yeah. were ready for. Uh, what was that? What did that feel like? It was, it, it was, but it was like a good loneliness. I wouldn't say like I've ever been alone. I'm a twin, so I was literally in the womb with someone, you know, so I didn't get to really ever be alone. So when I got over there, there was that first experience of I'm all by myself. Like I'm here being who who I am, but it's like it gave me a pause, I guess you would say, to be able to actually like learn myself and learn that. So yeah. And how has that helped just with who you are today, just being comfortable with who you are. It grew me. It stretched me, and I definitely learned a lot. So it's there was times it sucked because I'm like, where's everyone at? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm by myself. But now when I look back, I grew from that, and I'm stronger as like an individual, which. It's good. I think it's a good, good thing. Still learning a lot, but I'm I'm happy for that experience. It, it taught me a lot. Did well, tell us what you liked about those two countries, Germany and Italy, that you've written. We've seen some stuff that you've written mm -hmm. and posted on social media, and how that that you were grateful for that that experience, those experiences in those places, doing things that you never expected you would ever do yeah. and being part you know having experiences that you never thought you would have meeting people you never thought you'd meet what did you learn from them and what was what were some of your favorite memories oh man um it, it, it still sometimes blows me away that I was like got to do that like I'm so grateful for that opportunity um Italy phew, stunning I went in the, I was in Italy in like the summer and I think it was just beautiful. My favorite city over there was Venice. We like went to Venice and basically the whole city's like held up by magic and it's like on stilts in the water. And like you like, we were just like riding on this. Um, gondola? Gondola, yeah, we went on gondola rides. Like we ate food and met the people. This one night we were, um, in Montecani, it's like you ride up a little trail, literally dug out of a mountain. It's like a car. So you ride it up, and there's this whole, like, town at the top of the mountain. And there's lights and ice cream shops and families and music. And our team, like, I don't know if it was a party or I don't know what it was, but there's, like, music playing, and everyone was just, like, dancing together. And they're like, come dance. And so we were dancing. Like, it was just a beautiful experience. Um, kind of got to pinch yourself. Yeah, it really felt like I was in a movie. I was like, this, this can't be my life. Like, it was really cool. It was. I'm really thankful for that opportunity, and it makes me really want to like. I feel like okay, so I'm. I've been blessed with this. How can I give back? Like, how can I give back to a community that helped me to like reach my dreams? You know what I mean? Like, I feel so like grateful for that. Thank you for listening to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. 
Wonders Found Thrift Shop is proud to be one of its sponsors. Wonders Found is an all-volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We support local missions, people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We also provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, wondersfound.org, or stop in to see what wonders you can find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We hope you enjoy the rest well, that, of the podcast. Like, it's a perfect opportunity to talk a little bit about something else you mentioned when you were kind of recounting parts of your story, and that's your work with the grief camps. Mm-hmm. And we just would love to learn more about the grief camps and how that's your one of your primary ways of giving back, it mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah, Experience Grief Camp is a one-week camp. It's free, and um, I actually found out about it through TikTok. I saw this girl on TikTok, like, saying, like, yeah, I volunteer at this camp, and basically we go there for free as counselors. We give up a week, and that gives kids an opportunity that have lost either their caregiver, their parents, or, like, um, a close family member, like a brother or sister, the opportunity to go to this camp and it sounds like sad so I think when I heard grief camp you most people think like just like crying and like heaviness but it's honestly just a place where a kid can be a kid and everyone who's there has lost someone so they could just be like at a fire or playing kickball or like playing different games and they get to be around people who've actually gone through what they've gone through but are still a kid and I think that was like the beautiful thing that attracted me to it was like these kids are some of the most amazing kids and they've experienced this amazing or tragic like they experience like these outrageously tragic experiences and their families are going through like really hard things but they're still a kid and they still have so much like love and life and joy and you know what I mean in the midst of all of this they come and they're just like let's have fun like what where where are the games what can we do and it's they bond together and they are there for each other and they support each other and they tell their stories and they get to share their stories and feel normal I think grief is still like such a hard thing and uh, we don't always talk about our stories and it is uncomfortable sometimes but it's also a place where people can connect and help each other so yeah with my story personally I was like okay I gotta go to this camp like how can I volunteer how can I be a part of this and anyone who's lost anyone or has a kid or knows a kid who's lost anyone please get in contact and like go and like send your kids because it's something I wish I would have had as a kid. And then if you're an adult and you've, you don't even actually, volunteers that are adults don't even have to have lost someone, but going there, it gives you a um, insight in a way that like, I I wish everyone could just go there. Like it's, it's called the best week ever, but I think it's like, honestly, opens your mind to like a different way to look at 
grief, a different way to look at what someone's story is, a different way to be there for someone. Like sometimes kids just want to be kids. Sometimes adults just want to be adults or just to have a place where people can say, hey, I don't, I haven't experienced what you've experienced. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what it's like, but I'm here. If you, the listeners, if I'm here to listen, like it's, it's such a powerful thing. And that's why I love you guys as well. Cause it's just like, it's not, you don't know what you don't know, but once you're willing to just be there, I think it just changes. Like it just, there's a shift in like humanity. There's a shift in how we see each other, how we can be there for each other. The community is better when we all are just like, hey, I, I might not have been where you've been, but I'm I'm here if you need someone, or I don't understand what you're saying, or I don't have the words to say, but I can listen. You know what I mean? It's like simple things is where like a lot of change can come out of that. So I think this camp is like the most powerful thing I've ever seen. And it's sometimes just like letting a like little five-year-old run and just do- throw a dodgeball at you or like getting hit by water balloons. It's like these kids have been experienced these heavy things, but they're strong, you know? And- Could we ask? Yeah, we have so many questions about all of that. You raised a million questions now. So, yeah. yeah, uh, So take us back to that moment when you see this advertisement on TikTok. Mm -hmm. What what was it about that advertisement? Because we all see a million ads every single day. Yeah. And and oftentimes asking something of us to respond in some way. What was it about that ad in particular that just evoked something in you to respond? Um, honestly, just. It's going to sound crazy, but I feel like my inner child was like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this exists. We got to go. Like, and I was just like, as an adult, going back to that, it's like, I wish I had something like this when I was a kid, but also seeing the kids and like hearing them tell their stories and hearing them like these heavy stories that they've experienced. Some of them talk like candidly about very, very heavy things. And then after what, afterwards, they're like, I don't know, jumping into a lake and like laughing. And it's just like, yeah, like life can be hard, but it's also so fun and so like exciting for people who've like experienced hard things, but also experienced really beautiful things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they go hand in hand. And I think when you hear about grief or you see grief, I've always... I can like see like the heavy stuff. So I'll be like, yeah, I've experienced like a really tough thing or like my life has, my life story is not the typical, but I don't really, you know, I don't really relate to like a really heavy, I didn't think of it as a heavy thing, you know, cause it's my life. But when I saw like kids running and dancing and like singing and playing sports and like being kids, I was like, I can relate to that. You know what I mean? I want to be with those kids and like tell them how great they are and just be there. And like, if they want to talk, we can talk. If they want to play, we can play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's so true for all of us that oftentimes we want to respond to something that maybe we didn't have ourselves. 
in some really vulnerable places. I'm thinking back, we had an intern one time here at someone to tell it to. Uh, she was a college student and interned with us for the better part of a year. And I think right after she graduated, she moved to like Central America, I think. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't heard from her in several months and we knew and we, we I think periodically would just send her a message and we'd hear from her every so often. But then after several months had passed, she sent us this really vulnerable message and we asked her for permission to, to write this because we thought it was indicative of our own journeys and our own stories that she said, I never realized how much I needed someone to tell it to until I needed someone to tell it to. And she was in Central America and just having a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. And she had been there for three or four or five months and just um, was miserable. And she's like, I feel so alone here and I don't know what to do and I'm stuck. And she's like, I could really use some, your listening support. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, your point is so, so valid that yeah. we, I think we're our best selves when we can respond to, to those uh, things that are evoked inside of us, maybe that we didn't have ourselves and try to provide that for somebody else. A quick question and, and, and some more, but uh, where, where's the camp located? So there's different states. I think there's six. There's definitely one in PA. There's um, a Maryland camp now. There's going to be this summer will be the first camp in Maryland. There's two California camps. It's all over the United States. If you go to experience camps. Yes, there's a location close to you, and if even if there's not like immediately close to you, they do bus people, they pick people up, they have um, scholarships for travel. If you want to go to this camp, they will get you there, and it's right. all free of they cost. Yeah, they all pay for it, and it's like one less thing for families that are going through stuff to worry about. So, I can't speak like more highly of the organization. Do you, do you attend the one in Pennsylvania? Is yeah. that the one where you go? Yeah. Um, that's, we're very proud of you for that, for, for that work that you do. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's very personal work because of your own life experience. So was it hard the first time you went? Were you afraid of what it might evoke in you? What it, you know, memories or feelings that might be really hard to deal with? Um, because of what the kids were going through and what you had gone through as a child, or was that not an issue or a challenge for you? Um, so the, before the camp, you have, um, leading up to the camp, like camp counselors have counseling sessions and we're um, versed and ex- like given the space to be educated on different topics and different things. There's also clinicians in every group so there's a licensed person who knows what they're talking about so you don't have to feel like you need to know everything and also um like it's just a good um program because there's things in place so if you if i needed a second i was never going to be alone so you know two by two it was like there's always going to be two of us counselors amongst the kids and if i needed a second my i could just walk off and the the kids wouldn't be by themselves, but if, like, and vice versa, if she needed a second, I could, like, be there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it definitely, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be ready, and they're just like, no, like, we got this, like, we are, we're going to support you, we're here for you. Um, There's always therapists on, like, around, if you needed to talk to someone, you were never going to be in it, like, alone, so... 
you yourself learned a lot about grief as a result of this camp. What, what are some things that you would want other people to, to know about grief? Um, probably that it's not linear. So grief doesn't always, at least for me personally, it's not something that just like is going to have an end point. And it can be expressed different ways. Um, it's going to be different for each person. So um, in college, one of our teammates midseason actually passed away. So as that was my first um, experience with grief as an adult. So I think it was so different from losing my parents because I'm an adult and also, I was on a team where there was 14 other girls who were experiencing exactly what we were experiencing, what I was experiencing, and it felt sometimes weird if it was different. But I didn't express it because I was like, no one else is expressing it. Like we're also very supportive of each other. But I think I, we kind of just had this goal, like we want to win this national championship, and we ended up winning the national championship that season. But something about grief is like you can you can push it away. You can just keep pushing it away, and it's easy to, like, pretend that it's not there, and then after a while, it's just going to come out, and you don't realize, oh, this is grief. So I was like, oh, this isn't the, you know what I mean? Like, this is just stress, or this is just um, anger, and this is because of this, and it's like, no, this is because you never sat down and, like, took your grief journey seriously and I'm still on a grief journey but I think what I would want people to know about grief is yeah it's not linear and that's okay if it doesn't look the way you think it should look and that's okay if it doesn't look yeah yeah that's helpful did you ever think you could do something like that growing up or you know, even when you first saw on TikTok about the camps, was your first reaction? I mean, was there was there a reaction like I could never do that? That would be too hard. Um, or did you surprise yourself by how you've embraced those camps and that experience, and how you've just fit right in? Um. Yes, I think. Truly, I could, would not have seen myself like being a camp counselor at a grief camp because my mind would just have been like, I am not, I don't know the words, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? But the TikTok showed like, if you can play basketball or teach basketball, you can come to this camp. And it, I was like, oh, well, I can play basketball with these kids. So I think that was would surprise me too is like you don't understand you you might not give yourself the credit that you can do something because you don't think it will look the way that it's supposed to look I guess you would say but I think you guys even reading your book it's like teaching me that like you can do something as long as you want to like as long as you're willing to try you can always be there and like be present and give it all you got, I guess.
Yeah, I mean, on that, we were just, you know, curious if you have any words of wisdom just for how people can respond better to those who are grieving. Because of the heaviness of it, we can at times feel like not qualified to, to talk to people. Most people will say like, yeah, I know, like when someone loses someone, it's like, what do I say? And I'm just going to, I, this is from my opinion only, I would say, don't say anything. <laughs> There's certain things that I can't unhear that were said to me. And it's, it was out of people meaning well, but it's, it's one thing to just say something because you feel obligated to, or you're trying to f- just fi- fill the silence, but silence is okay. You guys are listeners, and I think that's what you you guys are like experts in. And I think it's beautiful because it's like you giving someone the space is literally the magic. Like it's the humanity in us is saying like you're worthy of this space to be whatever. And I think saying something like, oh, like, it'll be okay, or they're a better place, like, they're, you know what I'm saying, like, you mean well, but that stuff is not gonna make someone feel better at all. You can't fix someone's, like, sadness with words, really just being there and refusing to leave or refusing to be uncomfortable by how they're acting is more powerful than anything you could say. Like, just listening is honestly what people need, honestly, and time. Well, you are advertising for someone to tell <laughs> yeah. it more, more, than, no. more than you realize. I love it. I love someone to tell it to so much. Like, you guys, really, I am so thankful for you guys. I'm so thankful for your organization, what you're doing in the community. And as people, like, you guys are just like, looking at me i'm just like oh my gosh like this is crazy you guys are such lights you guys are so inspiring i'm so like i'm so humbled to be here but also i feel like who you guys are and even you guys' own stories personal stories because i listen to the podcast so i hear little things it's just so wild to think like what you guys are doing what you guys are hearing and then when i see you and the space and you're just happy or just smiling and you're just so light and so positive it's literally incredible but also it just reinforces to me the importance of humanity the importance of community the importance of us being here for each other even in the hard times with very very hard and heavy things it's like there's beauty in it there's beauty in life that's where like when we're together and we're connecting things that are really hard and really intense can be bearable and can be almost uh magical i'm gonna keep saying magical because of the book right there is like that's where the magic happens but no it's really true like that is humanity is being there for each other and like hearing each other and you guys are, I'm like, you guys keep saying like, you're, we're so inspired by you. I'm like, yo, I'm inspired by you guys. I'm so inspired by you guys. I'm probably doing the worst job on this podcast. I'm like, I will not say no to these guys because like who you are. Have done absolutely remarkably <laughs> well. It's beautiful. I, I, 
Before, I have at least one more question Go ahead. here. Finish yourself. You, you have written about a racial grief gap. Could you say more about that? What the, what does that mean, and why do you think it is? Yes. Oh man, I should have wrote down the numbers because I don't want to mess them up. But it's there's definitely a race, like a racial grief gap, and I think. People of color are two times more likely to have lost their father by the time they reach in America. By the time they reach eighteen, they're two more. They're two times more likely to have lost their father, and three times more likely to have lost their mother. And with COVID, it was like drastically affected the grief the racial grief gap as well. Like the numbers just, it don't match. And it's very unfortunate, but I think that even with like my own story and my own grief journey, that's what makes it that much more important for me to advocate, advocate or speak about these things and um, promote this camp because I think that it's a great tool for families, and I think that um, maybe kids being around other kids who have experienced this can have that like um, ecosystem of light. Um, yeah, the race gap, the racial grief gap is real. It's a real thing, and. I don't know why. I don't know why it is the way it is, but it's something to like think about. And so we have our work cut out for us. <laughs> yeah, mm. definitely. Absolutely. Well, this has been so nice. Thank you. I'm going to come back full circle to one of my initial questions slash points. Is just we're so glad that you are you. Uh, thanks for being right. you. Uh, thanks for just coming on here and you know, fighting through some nerves to just be you and to be present with us. Uh, so nice to just learn more about you and to hear more about your story and uh, and how you're using your story just to really change and help and bring some light to people who need it. Thank you. And I'd, I'd like to say, um, if you listen to, I don't know, we hate listening to ourselves, so <laughs> it's really hard, but if you listen to yourself, you're going to notice three quarters of the way through in particular of the way through your demeanor changed completely mm. when you started talking about the grief camp you came to life more than you were before I mean in a, in a tremendous way yeah. you, you were great from the very beginning but when it got to that you you just something there, there was just a sea change in you and I just want to say, you, you said that, oh, you, you guys are experts in listening. Well, that's very kind of you. And we hope, we hope that we are, but we're not perfect. But we need to say to you, you are an expert in grief mm. because of what you lived, because of what you've grown up with and without. And, and because of the, I mean, you just said some incredibly insightful, wise um, it, it just incredible things about a, about the grief journey, it not being linear, it, which is absolutely true. And and just using that as one example, and 
and how, you know, just going and you don't have to say anything to someone um, when they're in grief because so many of the things that people say are things you can't unhear yeah. because they're, they're, they're wrong or they're hurtful or they're, they're certainly not helpful. And uh, things like that that you have learned that makes you an expert and because you've lived it too. So um, we're just proud of you for that and proud of what you've shared. And we want you to know that um, you, you need to be doing more talks like yes. this and interviews like this because you've got so, you've got a story to tell and you've got things to say that can help a lot of people and we want you to know that. Well we began today's conversation just by thanking all of you for just participating with us in these conversations that we are so fortunate to be able to be a part of uh, every other week. And today's guest was so delightful. We just love Precious. We think she is just an absolutely delightful and a beautiful person who has so much to offer this world. And Michael talked earlier on just about her demeanor changed halfway through the episode. And we could certainly see that being in the room with her. But even um, also, you could just see her comfortability and her confidence just grow as the conversation progressed. And, and that's because part of it, she's never done a podcast before. That's right. and so. <laughs> Uh, we feel also just very fortunate to give her a platform so that all of us can get to know her better because uh, she has so much wisdom, as she shared today, to offer the world. Her wisdom was very hard earned, sadly, uh, with the death of her, her parents and she and her siblings, some of them you know, being separated and, and uh, not necessarily growing up totally together. And... Um, but she has learned so much through that experience, as so many people do. Some of the toughest things in our lives, things that happen to us that are the most difficult, the saddest, the most painful, can, can help us to be all the wiser and all the stronger. And um, she, that certainly is how it's worked for her. Uh, she, uh, her wisdom, her insights, her understanding, and the fact that she, we believe she is an expert in grief, mm. and how she's using that, that expertise to help other children in, in theirs, and to let them know that they're not alone, to let them know that what they're experiencing is maybe is unique to them, but yet it is shared with so many others as well. And we're just uh, proud of her and grateful for her and so thankful that we were able to have this conversation and share it with you today. So thank you once more for joining us. If you would like to support these podcasts uh, monetarily, financially, please go to Patreon, patreon.com. And we hope that you, uh, if you, if you value these, that you will donate to help make these podcasts possible. And um, again, we thank you until we listen again. <laughs>